speak. And, you know, I, I kind of, in fact, I read the whole time we were out of town. We were out of town last week, and it was just a wonderful time. We talked talk a little bit about that. But I was studying about potential, and I was thinking about kind of, you know, coming up with something to speak on that. But the Lord took me back to what I've been learning, what I've been kind of studying, and it's kind of like, like when you had to do this every week, you know, I'd probably do a little different, you know. So I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of talk to the Lord, and he teaches me things. He shows me stuff, you know. And I didn't, I don't really do it to kind of plan on telling anybody, you know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of learning it from him, you know. So he said, no, go back and talk about what you've been learning, what's on your heart, you know, what I've showed you. So we're going to talk about having a, a thrown attitude. And I don't know if you all heard me about a month ago. We got to talk about it. But. We're going to be brief, and hopefully we'll be a little humorous and keep you awake on me here. I don't like nobody going to sleep on me up in here. But uh, throw a few questions at you. Where is Jesus right now? Well, he's in my heart. He is. But really, where is he? He's in heaven. He's in heaven right now. What's he doing in heaven? He's sitting down. Anybody realize that? It's a big deal right there. He's sitting down, man. It's a big deal. Where is he sitting? At the right hand of the Father, the creator of all that is. I mean, you think about that. That's a seat. That is a seat right there. That is a place to be. Ain't no better place than that than at the right hand of God the Father. Uh, I, I know I, b- between songs, stuff pops out of me, you know, and I think. And it's so funny. I just, I just tell you all. I've got a cousin that I always looked up to when I was a kid, you know, and he's probably going to hear this. Brent, I love you, man, if you're listening to him. He's from Arab, Alabama. And when we was kids, we used to go to Arab. And I don't know if he was kids, but when you hit about Double Springs, the fireworks were legal. Y'all remember that in the 70s? Y'all remember that? The Roman candles and bottle rockets. I kept saying, what's a gross, Daddy? I want a gross of bottle rockets. He said, that's 144. And that's 12 times 12. I didn't know my mathematic tables, but I knew what 12 times 12 was. So me and my cousin Brent, well, every New Year's Eve, we'd go watch Bama dominate somebody in the 70s, and we'd, and we'd get in trouble with bottle rockets. We'd shoot them at each other. We'd shoot them at houses. We'd shoot them at cars. And one time, my little brother, who don't ever, he's never done anything wrong. He, if you remember, Mama, he shot, he shot somebody, or we shot somebody, and ran, and the people grabbed my little brother. My little brother was a little bitty thing. We ran, and he stood there. Well, my uncle, if you know him, he's, he's, he's awesome, man. He's just kind of a small and stature guy. And, and he, he, he got on my aunt's women's bicycle and chased that car down. <laughs> bicycle had a basket on Friday. We never forget that. Well, my cousin Brent has been coming to church about once a month. And I don't know, if you just got somebody that you hadn't seen in a long time, you're aware of it, you know. And I'm up here just, just letting Jesus just blow through me like I like to do every time. And I'm up here talking about God sneezing stars out of his nose. <laughs> You know, and it came to me, it says, hope my cousin didn't get kind of freaky on that. You know, I don't think he did. But you think about that. God, your father, can sneeze a star. That's awesome, isn't it? And, you know, it, it gets a little deeper than that. Everything that he's ever done, and he's done some cool stuff, pales in comparison to what he has invested in his son. Think about that. I don't know if you folks that have children, especially if you have a son, you want more for that son than you have for yourself. You do. It's normal. You want to make it better for him. You want to pour into your son better things. And he did that with Jesus. Jesus was the greatest thing, is the greatest thing, will always be the greatest thing that God ever did. 
when he created Jesus. And, I, and I, I've done a lot of study on the lines of how he took Jesus out of himself. You know, we used to joke about it a little bit that when God wanted a son, he didn't go find a girlfriend, you know what I'm talking about? You know, it's like get on eHarmony, you know. It's like, well, what's your compatibility? Well, I create universes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I can sneeze a star, you know. I, that that kind of freaked the young ladies out, you know. But no, he didn't find a woman he reached inside of himself, you know, and he got the best part of himself, and he made himself a son. He said, and that's my boy right there. And he did that before the earth was formed, okay? But it gets deeper than that. This ain't in my sermon, but it's coming up in me. That he looked at Jesus, he says, whoa, look here. He didn't say that. But say, this is safer man as he did. Look here. Look here. I love Andy Griffin, man. He talks so funny. I just love Andy Griffin. You know, he said, look here. I got a problem. You're an only child. You know what I'm saying about that? Whatever, whatever. You're an only child. And I don't like to do things once. Uh, you know, it's kind of like potato chips. Just don't give me one if I can't have half the bag. I'm talking about give me, give me a handful at least, you know. So he looked in Jesus. He said, I got to have more children. And if you got to think about this, he made Jesus out of himself. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that he created you in Christ before the world began. What in the world does that mean? Well, Lord, show me, man. He reached up inside Jesus, and he said, hey, hey, what's your name, brother? Josh. He said, I'm looking for me a Josh up in here. Hold, hold still, Jesus. And he reached up inside, oh, hold still. And they're all the time laughing. You just got to know the Trinity, man. They laugh all the time. They laugh all the time. He said, I never had a serious bone in my body till you ate that fruit, son. And I said, I ain't ate no fruit. Yeah, you did. You was in Adam when it happened. You got to blame. Yeah, you, you ate it. But I didn't even taste it. What it tasted like? Was it sour? Was it sweet? What did it look like? I don't even know what it was. But I got in trouble for eating it, and I didn't even bite it. Hold still, let me find me a Josh. And Josh, he found you inside Jesus, and he took a very particular part of Jesus and made you out of that. And I've asked the Lord, what did you make me out of? He told me, he said, I made, him out of, I made you out of the, the funny bone, the funny musical bone of Jesus. That's what he said. The funny musical funny bone of Jesus. What does that mean? I, I, I see life differently. I do. I don't know what's wrong with it, with me. I, but I see life differently. Like the first thing that came to me, and Mark would tell me, I said, well, man, they picked a good time to go to the beach, didn't they? And it ain't funny, but it's, she said, I said, I'm not being funny either. I mean, it's like, man, you know. I just look at, I, I, I look at life differently than people. I heard, I heard, uh, I heard Steve Harvey. I like Steve Harvey. He said he's got a third comical eye. He said, I can't look at life without without seeing something funny in everything. And I don't try to do that, but it happens, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that's to say, it does. And, and you know, I like to think I'd make folks' lives a little better with, with that, you know, like there. But Jesus, Jesus held still, if you will. He stood still, and while Father God chose you in Christ before the world began. My God, that's awesome. And he has given you gifts and callings that are without repentance, you know, Aaron, I've seen him in you when you, when, you, when you talk in Sunday school. I'm like, dude, where's my notes, man? What's the boys talking about? You know, you, you, you have said some things that is just too deep for a man your, your age. <laughs> it's deep, man. You know, and, and, and if you look deep and you get still long enough, God will show you what he made you out of when he chose you in Christ. And if you, and if you say, well, I don't know what that is. All right, look at here. Where is the devil bumping your noggin at? What, what, what part of your life... 
is, is hard, it's not hard, but it could be a stumbling stone, you know. For instance, I've said this a bunch of times. I was ministering in the jail, and I was preaching in the jail, and the Lord just comes over me, man. I think he gets a kick out of me. You know, he does stuff to me, you know, and makes me laugh, and I make him laugh. And this big old brother was on the front row, and I, I, I looked down at him, and I was preaching, and I said, hey, God said you make a mean gumbo, bro, and just kept on going, kept on what I was saying. We started weeping and crying. I said, that boy's going to whoop my hand in. For I, I may not, they may not find my body when it gets, he was, he was, you tell it, just got him, you know, blah. It's like it, it, it tripped something inside him, you know. And man, after it was over with, he come up, grabbed me, squeezed me, heard a couple of ribs give way. I said, brother, if I hurt your feelings, let me pay you some money. I said, because I showed it, and I don't even remember what I, and no, 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 you don't remember. He said, you don't remember what you said. I said, well, what I say? He said, you, you said you make a mean gumbo, bro. You make a mean gumbo. And I said, okay, all right. And he just cried, wiping tears. He said, you don't know what I'm saying. You don't, you don't understand. I said, well, what, 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 what? I got to go, what? He goes, man, when I was a kid, he said, I always wanted to be a chef. I always want to own my own restaurant. He said, and me and my grandma would make gumbo. And she'd say, ooh, you make a mean gumbo. As the grandma said to him. He said, I ain't thought about that so long. <laughs> he said, let me tell you, he said, Lord have mercy. He said, I've been cooking the wrong stuff. He said, I've been cooking some stuff that I ain't supposed to be cooking. I've been mixing things together that they're not even letting you get over the counter anymore. He said, he said Jesus, help me. I'm, I'm free. I'm through with this. He said, I want to get back. And see, the Lord had made him a chef, a cook, someone who can stir up stuff and change people's lives with it. And you see what that devil did? I remember when I was a kid, man, I would hear a song one time, and I would, I would hear it, you know, and know it. And I always remember tunes more than words, you know. And I'll never forget, you know, how, how music was such a stumbling block for me, you know, just being just being eat up with it. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I've, I've, I've told my story when I was in the, I was seventh or eighth grade. The English teacher asked me, who did I want to be like? And I said, Ronnie Van Zandt from, from Leonard Skinner. That's funny, isn't it? Oh boy. That's why I was so want to be like, you know, Ronnie Van Zandt. That's just stupid. That's just so stupid, man. Yeah, stupid it is. But did I know that I realized there was a gift and a calling in me that, that God had, had placed in that devil, see, he, he wanted to take that and manipulate it and, and, and not only hurt God with it, but hurt me and see how many people I could, I could lead out, you know, in outer darkness with that, you know? And, and you, you have inside you a very special gift of some sort. I'm prophetically saying this, you, 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 you have ways about you. Like I've hung out with my brother, Mark, He's a businessman. I mean, he, he just, he, he, he knows business. He, he knows cars. He, he, can, he, can, he can see something. I'll see a car. He'll see $800 profit sitting there. I'm like, yeah, but look how cool it is. And he, he sees profit. You know what I'm talking about? He's got a gift, man. It's a gift. And I, I've been around you. I've, I've learned from you, man. He can fix anything. There's nothing. And what tickles me, I've been electricians here 30 years. And I'm over there sparking the battery and shorting stuff out. You know, he's like, Move, move, let me show you how to do this. You know, it's good stuff. He's gifted. You have a gift. You have something that God invested in you that it's time to stop the devil from, 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 from hurting you and hurting others with that. Uh, if, if, if I got around y'all long enough, I would know what it was. You know, uh, brother, I've been around you enough. You're a leader, man. I don't know if you realize that. You're a leader, you're a natural born leader. And, and, and God wants you to lead people in godliness. See, that devil had you, 
had you leading folks down another road. You see, you see how that works, you know? And, and as you start finding out, and I've not been around you that much, but I've been around you enough to know, and, and the people that I'm hanging with, the people I get around, I, the Lord shows me things about it. Because what I want to do is bring that out of you, if I can. You know what I'm saying? Get you to a point. Show you, if I can, what he has for you. So what the Lord has been showing me is he's seated in heaven. And uh, that's a big deal because the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. The Bible goes on to say that he makes us to sit with him in heavenly places. Isn't that awesome? Now, who are we? We're the body of who? Body of Christ. Does that mean we're his feet? I believe it does. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I might be his funny bone. You know what I'm talking about? And I forget one time when I was a young Christian, I asked the Lord, and we was in our most our place and I saw the footprints in the sand. You remember that? Remember that little silly? Hey, silly. It was, see, there I go. That's my, I'm sorry, guys. About the footprints, y'all heard about that? You know, all look guy all his life, he had footprints and he had two sets and he had one set and he had two sets and he had one set, you know, and he asked, Lord, what's him, what's him footprints for, you know? And it was when I was carrying you and Lord said, man, I couldn't pull out on your feet too big. Son. He said, that big old flapper feet of yours. He said, they, they know right quick when I picked you up because they see my feet go way down in the sand. You 250 pounds. I'm like, I can pick you up, boy. That's the way he talks to me, man. You're telling jokes toward me, you know. He's funny, man. He's funny. You get to know him. He's the first one. I don't know if I can pick you. He said, I'm not going to ride you on my back. That's why I was down there in Florida, you know. I was, I was looking at that little thing. I was reading it. It was bringing back memories, you know. When at first I was learning how to hear the Lord's voice, I said, tell me something funny, man. I want to hear because you, you, you created joy. I want to hear something funny, man. And he told me that. He said, all right. He goes, footprints in the sand. We'll never work on you. You're too heavy and your feet too big. And what he told me. And it goes deeper now. My daddy made fun of my feet. When I was a kid, man, I was like, I was like a little kid. And I had these, these clown shoes when I was little, you know, this little shoe. And we'd go to J.C. Penney's, and daddy'd say, she'd be squeezing on your toes, you know. Do those fit? How do those feel? And my daddy'd say, it don't matter. He's going to wear the boxes anyway. Feet grow so fast. We can't wear the shoes but six months, you know. <laughs> so you let the Lord make fun of something. It ain't funny no more. He fixes you. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? It's a true story. True story. All right, so Jesus is sitting down. But do you know in the Old Covenant, the priests couldn't sit down? There were no chairs in the tabernacle and no chairs in the temple. No chairs in the tabernacle and no chairs in the temple. Say, that's tongue twister. Because the priests couldn't sit down. They couldn't sit down. Their work was never done. Work was never finished. It says in Hebrews 10, 11, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly same sacrifices. Poor old lamb. Man, if you was a lamb, dude, you'd be trying to get out of town if you could because sooner or later they're coming for you. You know what I mean? Because all those people, man, are sinning, you know, and, and them priests every day, every day, every day was sacrificing lambs. And it says, which can never take away sins. But it talks about this man, Jesus. He offered himself one time. And guess what? That fixed you. That fixed me. Before we even showed up on this earth, it fixed you and it fixed me. It says that, that he sat down forever at the right hand of God. And this is where we're going from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstools. Psalms 110 says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools. The Lord shall send a rod of your strength out of Zion and rule in the midst of your enemies. If you break that down, the first Lord 
is Jehovah, right? Or Yahweh. And the second Lord is Adonai. So you could translate that to say, that it actually translates to say, Father God said to my Jesus. How about that? Father God said to my Jesus, hey, sit right here till I make your enemies your footstools, you know. And back in the olden days, so I read, you know, when one, one nation would conquer another, they'd bring back the leaders of the nation, the king and his court, and they would drag him in, and with chains around his neck, and they would let the king of the winning group, you know, he'd put his feet on their backs, man. He would. That's what he would do. He'd like use them as a footstool. He'd put their feet. And see, they knew that. They were saying that in the Bible, that God's going to do that. God's going to do that. He's going to do that. So Jesus goes out and he conquers everything that would ever be harmful to us. Everything. The big ones. Sickness, sin, disease, poverty, self-esteem. You, you name it. I mean, everything, anything that could be harmful, hurtful, or damaging to you, he conquered it. He, and, he, and he sealed it in his blood. And then you're in him. You're in Christ if you're born again tonight. And you're seated with him, the Bible says, in heavenly places at the right hand of God. It's like don't let him sneeze because you'll see a star come out of his nose if he was to do that. And you're in Christ, right? And you're sitting there as Father God drags your enemies to be your footstool. Isn't that awesome? Give the Lord a hand. That's what he's doing for you tonight. My God, that's beautiful. That's the throne attitude, man. That's it. Now, something the Lord showed me today, because I said, Lord, I've talked about this before. Just show me something new. And this is what he showed me that, that I want to give across to you. you. You know in the Bible where it talks about he who he loves, he chastens, right? We, we talked about it in Sunday school, remember? You know, and if he, if he doesn't, discipline or chasten you, you're illegitimate, you know? He says, despise not the chastening of the Father. And it talks about how our earthly fathers... And Daddy would do it now. He would, man. He'd get that belt, kapow, 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 on that earthly hiney. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he would do it because he's an earthly daddy whooping an earthly hiney in. You know what I'm talking about? But where, 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 where I really learned something on that scripture from the Lord showed me that he's not physical flesh. He's the father of our spirits. Talks about how much more will the father of our spirits, if he disciplines, we live. And it'd be for profit that he'll help us. Well, rest, godly rest is that too. Think about this. It's kind of funny. You can watch on TV those mattress commercials, you know what I'm talking about? Everybody's hair is fixed all nice. They wake up in the morning, you know, they bet their breath on him stank. You know what I'm talking about? They have all these mattress commercials, sleeping pill commercials. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's always funny. There's one commercial where the, where the man, oh, she, they're dancing in the bed. Y'all seen them dancing in the bed like that? Y'all seen that? I'm like, that's crazy. All this about physical rest, how important it is, and how, you know, ask your doctor if you might be a candidate for this sleeping pill. You know, and all, we, we, we was joking the other night, I was talking about all the side effects of stuff, you know, that parts of your body might fall off, but ask your doctor, you know. <laughs> the side effects may kill you, but you'll sleep good, you know. You know? <laughs> I mean, really. So if, if physical rest is good for our bodies, good for us, Spiritual rest is what the Father was showing me. What is spiritual rest? What is spiritual rest? Well, he was showing me today, the rest of God is not rest from work, right? It's not sleeping on the job. You know what I'm talking about? People think about how when we go to heaven, man, I'm just going to sit around and eat, eat stuff and wallow around like I did on vacation. You know, it's like, what are we going to eat today? That was our biggest thing to figure out. What are we going to eat today? I don't know. I'm hungry. I just ate four hours ago. Let's eat again, you know. Heaven is not going to be that way. Yeah, you get to eat in heaven. I don't mean it that. But you got to realize you're dirt-based. 
You are. What, when, what did God form when he formed Adam? Formed him out of what? Dust of the earth. What does dirt do? Produces. Think about that. You, you, you were put on this planet to produce something. That goes back to the gifts and the callings we were talking about. You have a knack, a niche. What's easy to you? What trips you up the most the devil don't like you doing? So you're dirt-based and you're made to produce, okay? Think about that. Think about that. See, rest is rest while you're working. Think about that. It's partnering with God to do what he's called you to do by grace. That's what rest is. That's what rest is. That's what rest is. It's a, Hebrews 4.3 says, it says it this way. It says, for we who have believed entered into that rest. So we start believing. See, when you're yoked up and pulling with God, he'll always plant something in you. Right? And if you're made to produce, what's going to happen? He's the vine. We're the branch. And you're going to have fruit, my brother. It's going to, it's going to happen. It can't not happen. Isn't that good? Well, I was asking, so what is rest? What is rest? It's working with him and not against him, right? It's pulling with him and not pulling against him. And obviously, it's agreeing with him and not disagreeing or doubting what he says. And see, one of the, one of the things I want to show you all tonight, it falls under the topic of how do you rest when it ain't looking restful out there? You know what I mean? <laughs> how do you rest in the face of resistance. How do you rest when everything's going crazy, man? How do you rest? How, how do you do that? Well, just like everything you do with God, you do it by faith. By faith through grace, and he'll help you. Just like I was telling Vanessa, I don't know, I, I was just so into vacation mode, I, I just didn't want to do this tonight. Boy, she gave me a talking to right up here. She didn't want to go, man. She, she, <laughs> I was doing my, like, Oh, well, my mama is that little head, bobby head, bobby head, bobby head, bobby head. Yeah, you're right. So I was thinking by faith, I'm going to rear back and sing. If every one of y'all walked out the door, I'm going to do this by faith, you know. And when you step out and do something, when you step out and do something, and you partner with God, and you step out, you, he's going to tell you to go first. But when you do, bam, there it is. There's his grace. There's his grace. Grace, there's his grace. It happens every time. So in the Bible... The only thing it tells you to fear is not entered into his rest. And he talks about that when the children of Israel would not quit wandering around in circles, right, and not step over into the promised land. And y'all remember briefly, we'll talk about the giants. We talked about that. You know, it's like, how can you tell me to rest? Or how can you get on to me for not entering in your rest if we're supposed to go over there and face giants, Okay. And they talked about how they looked like grasshoppers in their eyes. They sent out the spies, you know, and two of them said, we can handle it. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do anything. Our God is for us. We're strong and courageous. The other 10 or so said, man, we're grasshoppers, you know. So I'm asking myself and y'all tonight, which group would you be in? You know what I'm saying? Would you be a grasshopper? Or would you be the kind that's like, dude, I'm a ninja, man. I'm a ninja. I can, I can, I can whoop a giant with my hand tied behind my back. Even if I can't, I'm going to step out as if I could. See, that's what he's looking for. Because in Joshua chapter 5, it talks about how the giants heard how the Lord God, Yahweh, Jehovah, dried up the Red Sea for them to walk across. And it said that the giants' hearts melted within them. And I believe they'd have fell on their own swords if they'd have stood up there. Here's something funny. 
if you look at, if you ain't funny, but it's interesting. The Lord showed me this. He used to say, send the musicians first. Remember that? We, we asked to do a song. We went down a while, send Judah up. One of the two songs I've ever written. Send Judah up. And they have the praise. And here's something. I've been looking trumpets, Ma. We're looking about trumpets. Y'all like, bear with me here. They make these German trumpets. You play them this way, but the bells point behind you. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, isn't it? And when I was in Germany in 2000, I saw a picture of one. And I said, well, maybe it's just, you know how some pictures are reverse image. You say, why am I just looking at right? Oh, what, what is that? Well, you know what it's for? The armies, man. The, the, the band goes first, and the marching are marching behind them, and the sounds of the instruments are going behind them. Isn't that something? And I send Judah up, man. Send the musicians out. Yeah, because the giants were scared. The descendants of the giants, the A-N-A-K, Anak, Anakin, Darth Vader, Anakin, their hearts were, the descendants were bigger than the mamas and the daddies. And dude, I, I'm just, here, there's this warped sense in me. I can see a giant man, but dude, a giant woman would be funny to me. I'm sorry. I can't help it, dude. A giant woman, that'd just be funny with it. I don't know why. Like a nine foot tall woman. Could you imagine that? That's crazy looking, isn't it? I, I can see a giant man. I can think of a giant man. I've even been, I've bumped my head on some stuff thinking I was almost a giant man. But a giant woman would just freak me. I believe I'd run for her. Run from her before I'd run from the giant man. You know what I'm talking about? She'd be clawing your eyes out, boy, just scratching you, big old long. And you know she got hair under her arms. You know she does. You'd be looking at that too, boy. You'd be, she'd be out trying to scratch your eyes out, that old hairy armpit. Come, you'd be running. Think about that. So it's descendants of the giants, not just the giants. You know what I'm talking about? And, the, and their hearts was melting inside them. Their hearts was melting inside them because they said, if that, if that bunch that, that, that the Lord God Almighty dried up the sea comes at us, we don't know what we're going to do. See, that would have been their rest if they had stepped out by faith on what God asked them to do. His partnership in them was them step, him fight. See that? That's the way it works. You step, he fights, if that's what he's asking you to do. It may be play a horn, play a song. You know, you practice, you stand up, you let it out, he steps out, and he, he does his part. That's what rest is. Not rest from work, rest in work. You got it? You with me? All right, a couple more. I'm about done. I just want to show you all some things. It's 8 o'clock. We got time. So I was on, my, I was, I was, I was on vacation last week, and uh, I was just thinking all kinds of things about the Lord, you know. And... Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I really, really like Discovery Channel. And there's a show, and I almost got in trouble, Aaron, because I was supposed to get the pizza. And Serengeti, that show was on. Did y'all see that? Well, first of all, I went and saw Lion King with, with Daniel. Lord have mercy, the circle, circle of life. I was sitting there with, I was sitting in there, and, and I've never been, a, never been in a theater like this. It had recliners that you could sit back, and, and it, would, it would let you back and let you down in it. My God, the Spirit of God's coming over me. Daniel's right here, you know. I'm poking my thumbs in my eyes. I'm sensing my Savior in that, in that movie theater. It's about a circle of life, and they hold that little baby lying up in the sky, man. You know, and I just, I heard the Lord say, man, that's, that's how I think about you, son, whether you know it or not. 
whether you realize it or not, I'm the Lion of Judah that breaks every chain, and you are my son, and I sing over you, and I touch you on the head with my holiness, and you are everything I've ever wanted to be, and I'm about to just holler in the movie theater, and I'm sitting there, big old tears coming down my eyes, and I'm thinking, my God, my son's going to think I'm crazy. I look over at him. I'm not looking. I'm looking. I'm not looking. Well, after it's all over with, he said, Dad, I saw you crying in the movie. That's what he said. <laughs> and then when I got to Vanessa, I said, it was emotional. That's what I said. Anyway, I'm just a sap anyway for music. You know, I'm just a big sap for it anyway. But I'm telling you, if you get a chance to see that, it's awesome. And I guess, too, I remember taking my oldest son to it when it came out 25 years ago. And that music is really, anyway. So Serengeti is watching that. And, and it's just an awesome show if y'all get a chance to see it. I don't know if you ever, it'll be on probably rerun, but rerun. So this little little Impala thing, you know, with little horns, and it had this little baby with it. It's just, it's just out there, and it's doing its thing, you know. And, and they're showing you, like, as far as you can see is this, like, dry plains-looking area, you know. It's like, dude, look, as far as you can see, as far as you can see, except for one tree, one tree. And this big old tree was tall as this building, big old shade tree. Well, this mom and her little baby just goes over there, you know, I'm just feeling with, I'm just feeling for him, you know, because it's hot, you know. And dude, there's a leopard up in that tree. <laughs> and that leopard, I am not kidding, that leopard, I bet he jumped as high as the ceiling down on that baby. Just took him out. I went, man, Man, that ain't right. Circle, circle. Anyway, I just saw that movie, you know. And, of course, the big dude said, you know, that we eat the, you know, we eat the, the, you know, the impalas, and then they turn to grass, and, or we turn to grass, they eat us, all that silliness there. But the Lord was showing me something about what I'm talking about here. And if you go over, and it's, the, it's Psalms 23, and I'm about done, just to show you a little bit where we're at here. Psalms 23, 2 said, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. Think about this. Just like on that show, the lions, leopards, cheetahs, you know, the carnivores, they know where to go for food, right? The shade tree. That thing said, if I get up in a shade tree, some fool and paddle are going to walk under me, and I'm going to eat, right? Think about that. It's the same way with the watering holes. You've seen the things trying to drink and the alligators are right there. You know what I'm talking about? Well, also, the big green plains, when it, when it rains, you know, all them little wildebeest-looking things out there nibbling away, you know, what's over there in the, in the grasses? The lion, the hyenas, the leopards, the cheetahs. They know if they go to the green grass or the watering hole, that's where they get a quick meal. But you realize this. He said he prepares a place, a table back for me in the presence of my enemies. Think about that. Think about that. Psalms again says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He, lie, he leads me beside still water. See, the predators know this is, this is where to get something to eat. They realize it's the best place for a kill, the food plots and the watering holes. He goes on, he says, like I say, he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. See, he's waiting. He's wanting the enemies to see who he is in your presence. Think about this. He's wanting them to see, and your enemies ain't lions and tigers, and your enemies are addiction. 
poverty, if that's what's bothering you. There's so many people this day that deals with mental things. They, they do. They do. And he wants to show whatever is bothering you how strong he is and how available he is to help you through anything. Most folks will say, Lord, I'll eat and celebrate later, you know, after all the predators are long gone from my picnic. But see, a thrown attitude says, you know what? I'm going to eat right now. My shepherd's got my six. That's what he said. He's looking out for me, and he'll stand between anything that approaches me. All of our enemies are already conquered, and he's just waiting to prove that statement by allowing us to dine and rest right in front of them. Think about that. But you've got to rely on him. I'll tell you a funny story. My wife is the queen of coupons. She is, man. She'd be going through them coupons, you know. She'd be loving them coupons. Look at her. She's looking at me. So we went to a place called Venture Out. You ever heard of that? It's Panama City. And it's a really nice trailer park, Aaron. It's really nice. He's laughing, but it is, man. It's nice. I mean, it's nice. Get your golf cart and everything, man. But it's a really, really nice trailer park. And it's about a quarter mile from the beach. It's good, though. Got a good price on it. Okay, so... My youngest son, Daniel, he's 15 miles away, Emily, and we got the trailer to ourselves. <laughs> but the only thing about it, it's not even a whole trailer, Aaron. It's like half a trailer. And I done bashed my forehead like a giant three times going into the bedroom. But I'm good because she can run, but she can't hide. I know where she at. <laughs> Daniel's at the other end of the beach. Mama, love her. She's my darling, 31 years. And we ain't never been on no vacation by ourselves. You know what I'm talking about? There's been some kid hanging off her for 29 years, my brother. One time my little Daniel, when he was little, y'all know Daniel, he was the cutest little thing I'd ever seen. He'd say, I want mama. I'd say, son, I want her too, but it don't do no good. It don't do no good, buddy. And I would hug Vanessa, and I'd look over her shoulder, and I'd say, she's all mine. He'd start screaming and hollering. She said, quit provoking. Provoke not your child to rash. Just quote no scripture to me. So I got mama to myself. It's awesome. Love my girlfriend. I love her. Just, just, just eat her up. I love her so much. So we get all packed in. And again, it's a little sketchy. It is. You got to hold that toilet. Lever down about 26 minutes to get everything to move on down. But that's okay. I got mama with me. She can run, but she can't hide. She right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is going to be good. We lay down that first night. We hear this right here. What is that? 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 I think it's a rat. <laughs> I think it's a rodent. I think it's something. She said, get up. Check it. Get up. So I think it's on the ceiling, and the ceiling ain't that high up. So I'm going, hey, I'm hitting the ceiling, you know, banging my head on stuff, you know. The bear's got something wrong with it. It's something hanging out. I cut my ankle on it. Come by, you know, and cut. Oh, I just hold you. I said, mama's right here. It's all good. We, she, she can run, but she can't hide. I know where she at. I know where she at. So I bang it on the ceiling. I said, he's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. Lay back down, about to sleep. And all of a sudden, man, she took her hand. She said, ah, and clawed me. She just clawed me in the stomach. Holler, holler, now, what? She goes, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something. So, man, I get up. I get my, 
I get my, I got my glasses on and I'll do the old flashlight on. It's on, it's on yeah. And so I'm on a wish, witch hunt, you know. So I'm sneaking around. I'm hearing that thing, boys. It's going to town. Flashlight off. And I, it's I snuck in there right at the foot of the bed. It's a little cupboard. The whole thing ain't, the whole building ain't for me to you, Aaron. The whole thing ain't, I mean, just, you know what I'm saying? The whole thing is about 24 foot long. But I got mom. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And I crack that, I crack that little pan show, and there he is. Dude, he's got my Snickers. He's got my Snicker bar. And he's just got that thing going. He's just nibbling. Just, just looking me in the eye like, yeah, it's mine. You ain't getting it. And I'm sitting there. I ain't got my glasses on. I'm trying to see. Well, I reared back with my phone. Well, first started to grab him. And I said, boy, if that thing bites me, it's the first night in. It's going to be a long week if I, if I, you know, if that thing bites me. And I reared back with my phone. I'm, I'm fixing just, <laughs> just let that little booger have it, you know. You know, and uh, I said, well, this ain't my phone either. This is UAB's phone. I said, I don't need to break UAB's phone over a rat, you know. So I said, okay, what do I do? Also, he jumped down. He ran out. He ran, ran under the wall. I said, well, I see him. Well, you know what she said? I ain't staying in here. <laughs> I ain't staying in here. I said, we're going to have to sleep in a truck. I said, baby, I can't sleep in a truck. I said, I got an idea. I said, why don't we get all the food? Let's put the food in the truck. And I said, and he'll leave. He'll, he'll, he'll go. He'll, he'll get on out. I done scared him. I'm a giant. I scared, rah, I scared him, you know. And with no snicker bars, he ain't going to stick around. Oh, she was, she was just mad. Aaron. She was ready to fight me. You know what I'm talking about? She was mad, you know. So we got all the food, put it in the truck, laid back down. And I was quoting scriptures, you know. I said, you make, me, you make me lie down beside my angry wife. You leadeth me beside rodent-filled trailers, and you maketh me lie down beside my angry wife. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. So I said, hey, let's, let's just rest. I said, let, let, let's just, it's 1.38. I'm looking at the phone. It's 1.38 in the morning. I said, Let, let's just let's just rest. He he Lord gives us rest, baby. She, I ain't sleeping in this trailer. I ain't sleeping in this place with rats. I said, now he's gonna leave. I said, I said, Let, let's let's just rest. Let's just rest. So I, I was tired. I mean, I'd been up way early that morning and we was at the beach all day. I was just tired, you know. So I fell asleep, man. It was like one. Well, the sun came. I woke up. She was she was leaning against the headboard. Staring at me. It's like when I, when I open my eyes, when I open my eyes, I'm like, hey, baby. She's just staring at me. <laughs> staring at me. Like, we're getting up. We're going to the office. And we ain't staying here. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I said, you know, I, I, I got to go to the restroom, you know. And it's, you know, it don't flush because it's going to take a minute or two for me to get done. Good, you know what I'm saying? So here's where, here's where. Here's where, we said, why are you telling this stupid story? Well, we went down to that place, and we said, there's a rat in my room. He ate my Snickers bar. I got pictures of him. <laughs> and those people said, why didn't you call us? 
And, dude, they put us up in a big old, big old place, didn't they? I'm talking about there's room. She could hide then. You know, she had a big old place, <laughs> big old place, man. And, and Lord showed me. He said, you trust me. I'll always take care of you, Matt. I'll always, I'll always work through you. Made you happy. You were happy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah. <laughs> and we had a great time, right? Yeah, we did. We did. So, I can't believe I told all that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now, you've got my notes. He makes me lie down with an angry wife, and he leads, he leads me by a food pantry filled with a mouse. <laughs> but it goes with what I'm saying, that the Lord will help you, man. And I'm being silly, and I'm trying not to be too silly, but you'll remember me tonight. What's bothering you? What, what, has, what is happening to you that you really can't do nothing about right now? Really, you know, you can't do nothing about it, you know. And, and what, what is happening in your life that you really know that is supposed to be going one way, going a certain way, but it ain't going that way? You know, in other words, I should have already been free from this. I should have already been farther down the road from this, right? I, I, should, I, should, I should not be dealing with this anymore. Rest. Rest don't mean, again, don't mean go, go to sleep on a job. No, don't mean go to sleep on a job. But it means rest in doing your part of what he asked you to do. All the folks had to do was cross over the dry land, right, and put their foot over in the promised land and walk up to them giants. That's all they had to do. And the rest of it he would have done. Rest of it, he'd have took care of, because as he, he had already, he had, he had already prepared. Think about it, and I know they had already prepared, because we prayed that they, you know, prepare the hearts of those folks. We're going to talk to in the morning, you know, and, and just as a silly little subset of what really went on, the Lord had already prepared them giants' hearts, and all they had to do was their part, and that would have been their rest. You know, the Bible says, and I'm finishing right here. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Think about that. And what will he do? Give you rest. You know, and if you, right after he says, take my yoke, Y-O-K-E, upon you, which means you're going to pull with him. A yoke, my brother's so funny, he says, not an egg yolk, but a yoke, right? What a big old ox or a big old mule, big old something pulling really hard. He wants, to, he wants to put his yoke on you so y'all can pull together. You see that? what I'm talking about. You see what I'm saying? He says, look, take my yoke upon you, that ain't all, and learn. And in my silliness tonight, my foolishness, I hope you learn something. Because that was my goal. I never pretend to be a preacher. But I hope you learn something. Because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He's gentle. He's lowly and hard, man. And what will happen? You'll find rest. Now, remember I said rest. We're not talking about sleeping pills and mattresses that vibrate. Rest for your soul. Because that's what we're trying to get here. Not rest for your brain. Rest for your body so much so. But rest for your soul. There's a difference when your soul is at rest. Right? And, and just finishing up here, that same, that same 
that same scripture read from the message translation says, and I just love it, man. It's like, I don't know about y'all, but when I read the message Bible, it's just as if Jesus is talking to me. I'm telling you, it's just the way he talks to me. He asks the question, are you tired? You know, are you tired? Are you, are you worn out? And I don't think we are in here, but a lot of people these days, he's asking, are you burned out on religion? You know, because religion will say work till your fingers are bony. And what will you have? Bony fingers. I mean, really, because that's what everybody says, work hard, work hard, work hard. And when you talk about resting, they get mad at you, you know? So are you burnt out? Are you tired? I don't think you're worn out on religion, but you could be. He said, hey, come to me. And I love the way he says, he says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Isn't that beautiful? You'll find what's been yours all along, brother. And I believe you, you found yours, didn't you? I hear you talk when you talk. You found what was yours all along, didn't you? You did, brother. And like he's, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Uh-huh. Now, this is, how, this is how you take a real, real, a real rest. I can say that in tongues. This is how you take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. See, we ain't sleeping on a job. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Ah, throne room attitude, throne attitude. Watch how Jesus does it. Watch how Jesus does it. What does Jesus do while he's sitting there? He's ever interceding. What does that mean? He's speaking the answer in light of the problem. That's what intercession is. It's like, man, I pray unto you wisdom and honor and strength and understanding and freedom. He's interceding. See, I'm interceding. I'm getting between you and your problems. That's what Jesus does. Watch how I do it. Does he fret, worry, jump up and down? I like the way the scripture says he makes me sit together with him because you know why? I'm always trying to climb down, brother. I'm always trying to climb down off that throne and try to fix it myself. No, sit. He makes me sit together with him in heavenly places. So get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Work with me. You ever hear that? Work with me. Jesus is saying work with me. And I'll show you how to do it. Now, this right here is beautiful. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What is that? You step, he gives you grace. It's a rhythm, man. Go a little deeper. He gives you a little more grace. You might step back, but we're going back two now. It's unforced rhythms of grace. You see how this works? He says, I won't lay anything on you heavy are ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. <laughs> That's good, ain't it? So let's go to Jesus and find us some rest. Let's watch and learn how he does this thing called life. Let's watch how he rests. Let's watch how he sits and let's wait knowing that he's accomplished everything the Father has asked him to do for us. Do your part in Christ at his right hand. Think about that. Keep that throne attitude. Rest in his accomplishment no matter how things look. Don't wait any longer. Let's sit back and watch our Father make our enemies our footstool. Stand with me. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. Did y'all enjoy this? I hope. But I was okay. Did I do all right, man? 823, that ain't too late, is it? All right. I hope Mom ain't mad at me. You ain't mad at me. I'm just, yeah, I love you, girl. I love my girl. She's awesome.
Father, I thank you for our, for our dear, dear brothers and sisters tonight, Father. I thank you that you have hopefully used me and shared through me the things you'd want me to say. I know we're a little silly and even repetitive, Father, but I hope they'll never forget what we said to them, Father. Father, I thank you that we can lean on you and rest in you. Rest don't mean sleeping on the job. Rest means doing the part of our covenant, doing the part that you've asked us to do, which is just step out by faith, and do what you said to do. And Father, we know that we're in a partnership with you. We are yoked up with you. We got the same yoke amongst us between me and you, Jesus. And I know when I step, you'll step. If I'm stepping like you told me to, you'll step every time with me. And Father, I thank you by faith, Father, that giants are falling to mind in people's lives. Father, I come against a spirit of addiction, Father. I command it to die, drop dead, fall away, and be gone in Jesus' name. Father, and I loose the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you, Father. I thank you that you give us wisdom, Father. I thank you that you're going to speak to everybody under the sound of my voice. We're your sheep, and we hear your voice, and we're not going to follow the voice of a stranger any longer, Father. We thank you that you love us, that you want us, that you need us, that you cannot wait to bless us, that you cannot wait to bestow on us all the things that you have given us in Christ Jesus. And Father, I thank you for comforting souls tonight, Father. I thank you for giving true rest, Father. Rest that lasts. Rest that makes a difference. Rest that makes us want to get up and conquer the world just like you conquered death, hell, and the grave. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love y'all. If I can help you with something, come down here. We'll pray together. Love y'all.